Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome back into another edition of College Golf Talk. Burko and Brentley with you. We're taping on a late Thursday morning. Just got back home from Birmingham. PGA Works. Fun three days down there in Alabama for the 36th edition of the PGA Works Collegiate Championship. Howard men in year three have now won two years in a row. Emphatically yesterday, the individual races that we had. Who kind from UNC Wilmington now twice a winner. CM Mixon with a birdie on 18 from Louisville gets the job done. His third um, appearance at that championship gets to the winner's circle. A lot of fun, Brentley. I have never been to PGA Works Collegiate Championship. Uh, the passion's there, and I think it just sort of fits into our narrative of college golf coverage. The month of May being huge, I think we're off to a great start. Yeah, that was a huge win by Howard, right? Wasn't it like close to 50 shots? Uh, almost 60. I want to say it was oh. mid to high 50s. I was racing to the 18th green for the trophy ceremony, so I didn't get to quite uh, the that tally. But Everett White Jr. shot 64 at Shoal oh, Creek you, yesterday. That that team in a couple years is going to contend at an NCAA regional. They're good. And they, Sam per year is they are building good. something there. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, thrilled to be a part of it. Hope uh, we continue to broadcast that uh, in the years to come. So while that was fun and exciting, yesterday on Wednesday, the pressure-packed moments of regionals for the ladies, six sites, the top five seeds move on from each venue to comprise the 30 teams. Let's go through it. I'm starting with the one I was refreshing the most, Palm Beach Gardens, PGA National, and tip of the cap to LSU. They were done. It looked like it was over. I thought the only saving grace was they teed off the back nine, get through the bear trap. They make a rally late, get that final spot by a shot over Arkansas, and it's eerily reminiscent to what the men did in 2015 at regionals, nine holes to go at Yale, a mountain to climb. They somehow survived and two weeks later won a national championship. We'll see if the women do the same thing, but man, I, I thought we were losing one of the three or four best teams in the country, but they found a way. Yeah. I, I think I even texted you at one point and said, 
might get the second one seed ever since UCLA in 2017 did not make it through. But I called Garrett Runyon shortly after the tournament was over. And we talked about a few things, but one of them was how he's constantly preaching to this team about the final five. Well, the three seniors, Ingrid Lindblad, Carla Tejedo, and Latana Stone, didn't just have a great final five. They had a great final nine, six under, bogey-free. Now, live scoring, though, we were glued to yep. that. It, it was incorrect. <laughs> I thought they missed. It, it was incorrect. Again, right? And apparently, Garrett had told a volunteer early on that on that second nine, which was their first ni- or front nine because they started on the back. He had asked them to change it because, as he said, it's not fair to Shauna in Arkansas. It's not fair to anybody who thinks that a score is a certain way, and it's not. I mean, he he made a good point. Like, what other sport? is the scoreboard in your back pocket. And most of the time it's not correct. Like there's really no, I mean, you're not playing a basketball game with, you know, two points missing until they put it in at the final three seconds. So I thought that was interesting, but that score did get up, get updated. I guess Carla had a couple bogeys that were really pars. And so really it came down to LSU having a one shot lead on that ninth hole at PGA national. Uh, Kaijal mystery from Arkansas, Latana stone, both hit their shots in there. Mysteries in about, I think it was about 12, 15 feet. Latana was 35 feet. She lagged close. She was going to make par. And then Mystery hit a a putt that Garrett said was, I mean, it was in. Like he even said, he said, he goes, that's in. And at 90 degree, lipped out. Arkansas mm. falls short by one shot. And that's a good point that you made about the men, the LSU men back in 2015. Sometimes this happens. Like sometimes teams whether it's in golf or other sports they barely survive regionals or whatever play-in game or whatever semi-final game and that wakes them up and it's interesting because Garrett said that this team really hasn't had their back against the wall all spring they've had a great spring they've been in the final group every single tournament uh they've won a bunch so they really haven't had a like a do or die moment. And these seniors stepped up and I mean, hats off to them because this is really their only second regional because remember the one at LSU a couple of years ago rained out then COVID. Yep. Um, this is their only second regional tournament. So um, it's a different kind of pressure and and they clearly rose to rose to uh, the occasion. Yeah. Uh, well done by them. Michigan state, you were on them. They won the regional Duke second. I can make the argument this is one of the better coaching jobs ever by Dan Brooks and the Blue Devils. Northwestern, the team I am so full of shots. Right where they need to be. They struggled on day one. There was a moment yesterday they were leading, and then there were those anxious seconds coming down the stretch playing the bear trap. A couple of birdies on 18 gets them through. Texas LSU rounding out the top five. Sarah Byrne from Miami makes it as an individual. Don't want to rain on LSU's parade. An observation, Edith Hertzman, we saw her at the Darius Rucker, the most effortless final round of five or six under. They need to figure out that fifth position, in my estimation, uh, for Greyhawk. The scores have not reflected. Just a freshman, very raw, very talented. But I think for all teams, moving the Greyhawk, you can't be playing four for four, and it feels like that's what LSU is dealing with right now. 
Yeah, and it's it's tough to see that Hurts going to go out there and shoot. I think it was twenty six over, shot eighty in the final round. But it's it's a bit of a concern because we know that LSU isn't exactly the deepest team out there. Um, but looking at some of these other teams like Northwestern, I mean, uh, they had a player finish outside the top fifty five. Texas, I believe, uh, had a couple players outside the top thirty five. So it's just one week, and it's it's interesting because obviously we don't know what's just a temporary blip on the, you know, radar and what's, uh, you know, what's more concerning long-term. So um, hopefully they figure it out by next week, but it, it seems like a lot of these teams may have had one or two players not really firing. Off to Athens, Georgia, South Carolina, San Jose State, Ole Miss, Augusta, they move on. Leon Takagi from Kent State is an individual advances as well just on the outside looking in Ohio State Maryland Kansas a lot of it sort of what we thought but I know your prospects on Augusta getting through considering the fall they had (laughs) uh, perhaps the most remarkable story of all the teams moving on yeah the uh, 11th seed first team ever from the Southland Conference to make the NCAA championship first time in program history going to nationals I called it, Berko. I don't know if you saw my tweet where I did I did picks uh, maybe last Friday or so. I, I picked Augusta. So, I mean, granted, that was kind of a shot in the dark at the time, but they made me look a little smart. But, look, I mean, they have one of the best players in the country um, and freshman Mirabel Ting, and she arrived in the spring or at least started cracking the lineup, playing in the lineup officially in the spring. And, She's put together a really nice season. She's been in the top seven or eight, I think, just about every time. Um, had a insane uh, final nine holes uh, holdout for Eagle on her 10th hole. Ended up playing uh, that final nine and six under, shot 67, and that got him in. I mean, they finished two shots ahead of Ohio State, and um, it's interesting because when their their head coach, Caroline haas uh, when, when, when she took over – I think she might have taken over. I don't. I don't know how long she's actually been with the program, but I know after the fall, they were about one fifty five in golf stat. Like they had finished last, second to last, last and last in their four fall tournaments. You add Ting into the lineup, and it's very rare that one player could could do this much. But uh, that's exactly what we've seen happen. So they are the true Cinderella story going into regionals. They're ranked might be right 90th or maybe in the 70s now I'd, I'd have to actually check at the on the field rankings I just did but um no matter what they're ranked they're they're by far uh the lowest ranked team or highest ranked team uh getting into Greyhawk next week so um one that uh people could be rooting for if they'd like true underdog stories from Athens to Raleigh we'll keep it in the southeast Arizona NC State, Wake Forest, TCU, Florida State, they move on. Some notables not advancing, Purdue, Arizona State won't be in front of that home crowd. Uh, Dorada Zaluska from Chattanooga advancing as an individual. Um, There were moments for Wake that you said, oh, goodness. You know, I felt like when you looked at this leaderboard, this is the one that had a ton of congestion. You know, it kept – Arizona State was third, then seventh, then sixth, then fifth, then then eighth. That was, it was one of those. Uh, no one ran away and, and hid from everyone else. 
Yeah, and I, I just looked up Augusta. They're 82nd now with the latest golf stat ranking. So I believe maybe one of the worst ranked teams that we've ever had make nationals. But uh, yeah, this this rally regional was interesting. I think ASU was even at one point in the first round. I think they were either leading or tied for the lead or maybe just second by a couple shots. Um, I was very shocked by that final round that they put together. And I know um, it stings, especially considering that this is the last time we're going to have the NCAAs in their backyard at Greyhawk. Um, so I know that that Missy Farquet and those players, I mean, they shot 14 over and dropped five spots. That was the biggest uh, plummet just in terms of positioning on the leaderboard out of all six of the regionals yesterday. So that's, that's tough to see. Um, tough to see your Florida Gators, Burko, not get through again. Um, and I, I, I don't know if I was necessarily maybe a prisoner of the moment on Monday with Wake Forest. I, I think deep down we all knew that they were going to figure out a way. I mean, they're in comfortable territory um, with with those kind of players in that lineup. I, I didn't think, uh, you know, maybe I was just a little bit of a prisoner of the moment thinking that there was a chance that they might not get through. But um, I got to hand it to you, though, Burko. You're very right on the one shot per player per day for the host school because North Thank Carolina you. state. Thank you. I mean, North, we saw Georgia obviously kind of run away with that regional to the very end. And North Carolina state was up there the entire time, gave it back a little bit, shot three over today, um, but it didn't matter. And the crazy part though, is North Carolina state should have won this regional. Did you see what happened with their number four player yesterday? The old, the old incorrect scorecard. The old incorrect scorecard ends up dropping them uh, below Arizona, and Arizona gets, I believe, their maybe sixth regional title in school history, second under under Coach Laura uh, Ionello. So um, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Um, so maybe this is a good learning moment um, for the, for that player because uh, if that happens next week, um, I, I can assure you that. Um, it's, it'll be a lot bigger deal. Yeah. Um, Arizona state. Yeah. That's a, the one. And I'm literally scratching my head. You just sort of thought they'd find a way, but, uh, you know, I Young think team. we're seeing Young it. Team. Yeah. Agreed. And I think we're seeing this more with the women than men. Just my impression, the talent pool is truly getting deeper for an Augusta for others to say, you know what? We can compete regardless of of what the ranking says uh let's head up to the midwest westfield indiana teams moving on mississippi state oregon state another surprising performance by a team not on our radar vanderbilt virginia and tulsa uh, those missing iowa state tennessee xavier michigan um and as i'm perusing your notes call, call me crazy this was the biggest surprise, right? Oregon not moving Huge. on. Was it, yeah. And you know, I, I hate to say it, like they dug a hole early and they never got out. This wasn't a, we had a bad nine. They just didn't play well for three days relative to everyone else. Yeah. And, and, and it's interest, interesting because I know Ashley Park was, was banged up a little bit. She didn't play well at all. Finished T56. I mean, frankly, they just didn't get enough from those bottom three players. I mean, Cynthia Liu came to play. I mean, she shot 66 in the final round, so she did her part, finished top 10. Um, 
but that happens. I mean, I'm sure if you ask coach Derek Radley, he'll, he'll say the same thing you did. Like we just, we didn't show up. You didn't show up Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday, really. So, um, a, a little bit surprising, but they're not the first national finalists in the match play area to fail to get through. I think they're the fifth now. So we've seen four teams previous make the final match and then fail to get back to the uh, NCAA championship the following year. So that was probably most shocking um, out of all the regionals. But how about Tulsa? I mean, this is a program that very, very rich history. I mean, four national titles under the late Dale McNamara. Um, this, this is big for that program because they're a top 40 team. Like they're a legit team that could go and and play well next week. Um, but this is their first, uh, NCAA championship appearance since 2008. So Annie Young's really done a great job with that program, had a huge round at 66 by freshman Grace Kilcrease, 38 of her first 13 holes. Um, that's, that's a huge start from a freshman to, to get, to get that far under par early, take the pressure off some of your teammates. This is a young team too. So they got two freshmen and, and two sophomores in the lineup, I believe. So, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be an intriguing team, but I, I really like for some reason Vanderbilt. This is a, a squad that continues to fall or maybe travel under the radar. Um, Celine Saddlecow, uh, Tilly Claggett. I mean, th- this is a, this is a team that, that has has some horses and and could easily make the top eight. So, so they're a team that uh, that certainly stands out of this regional. And then and then Mississippi State just being um, the the consummate like just hard nosed bunch, like just really good, really good match play team. I feel like if they can get in there, um, this this was a, a a good regional. Maybe not as much drama as some of the other ones, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a few of these teams maybe uh, sneak up on some people next week. Isabella McCauley from Minnesota qualifying as an individual. And something I noticed with these individuals, Brentley, most of them, they were at regionals as yeah. individuals. They they sort of got that bonus pop, took advantage. Uh, again, speaking to how much talent um, there truly is in the women's game. Back to Texas, San Antonio region. Pepperdine, SMU, Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, New Mexico making it. Cameron carry on from Texas San Antonio as an individual. She moves on to Greyhawk. Outside looking in, Auburn, surprising, Denver, and then UCLA. The end of an era for head coach Kerry Forsyth. So he can't both finish second, but considering that carry on is the advancing individual, uh, nearly a quarter century leading the Bruins, um, will end without a trip to Greyhawk. Uh, I'm torn. Surprise Pepperdine won, co-winners, but probably more surprised that Auburn, who struggled on day one, right in the mix on day two, you're like, all right, here's the team that figured it out in Stillwater. They'll they'll, they'll get it done and, quite honestly, just played poorly uh, that final day. Yeah, this did not seem like the the course to really make a, a comeback on, considering that 25 over was fifth place, nine over. Uh, co-medaled as a team so not not the course to make a bunch of birdies on and I mean frankly New Mexico just kind of took took a page out of Auburn's book and really flipped the script on them I mean they shoot even par over the final nine holes um, end up clipping the Tigers by four so um, first first nationals trip I think now um, since 2010 for the Lobos Um, 
who upset San Jose State in the Mountain West Conference Championship a couple weeks ago. This is a good team, but I, I really like SMU. I mean, this is a, a program that hasn't been to the NCAA Championship, or at least before this season, since 1992. Um, they've, they've really made a charge behind two freshmen, uh, Mackenzie Lee, Michelle Zhang. I think I totaled it up last night, and They've, they've combined this year for 14 top 10 finishes. They were T6 and T3 respectively this week at regionals. This might be the best one-two freshman punch in the in the entire country. Um, surely I'm probably forgetting something, but uh, th- th- this is a team that's really good. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not super high on Pepperdine um, going into Greyhawk just because I, I don't know if there's quite that experience just in terms of playing – uh, that kind of golf or, you know, at that big of a stage, but who knows, they could surprise me. And Oklahoma State, I mean, I think probably if you're Greg Robertson, you, you got to be feeling pretty good because you finally, even though you finished tied for third with Texas A&M, you finally get a great tournament out of Rena Tate-Matsu, who a couple years ago was one of the best players on their team, helped them reach the the, the final uh, where they finished runner up to Ole Miss. She was outside the top 44 times this season. And this was her best finish anywhere, um, a solo fifth since the 2021 Schooner Fall Classic. So that's a long time. Um, and so now that they have her potentially playing well again, Greg Robertson now three for three and getting the Nationals at Oklahoma State. Um, this is another team that has just a little bit more momentum than maybe they entered regionals with. I'm wondering if Stanford, as we head to Pullman, Washington for the last regional, has listened to this pod the last couple of weeks saying, okay, maybe there's question marks. Maybe they're open to being beaten. Well, 50 under. They win by 17 over Clemson. USC, Baylor, Texas Tech rounding out the top five. Rosang, 19 under. That's a win. Now seven of nine in her sophomore season. We'll get to that momentarily. Sadie Engelman, I believe solo second or tied for second. We saw flashes from Mega Gane. Um, Kelly Zhu, great freshman. (laughs) Man, oh man. Like, I I don't I, as a fan, because we all are, I needed to see something like that from Stanford, in my estimation, if – I'm Ann Walker, the head coach. These are my words, not hers. Um, And now I put them right back as their separation. Yes, others can certainly win. Rose can only do so much. Uh, But when you start getting two or three others to finish inside the top 15, top 20, um, they're in a really good spot headed into Greyhawk. Yeah, it's it's surprising, but it's not surprising just knowing that Ann Walker always seems to press the right buttons. And I think this was especially important for Stanford because they they are typically a team and and, the, and they're going to need to be this team next week when they get to Greyhawk with Rose at the top that plays well on hard golf courses and, and can and can win a tournament where the the winning team score is like nine under or 10 under and everyone else is over par. Like that's kind of been their MO where they just, they just don't make mistakes, but being able to play this golf course up in Pullman where they shot 50 under and you had to go out and make a lot of birdies. Like I don't care how easy a golf course is. It still takes a lot to make a lot of birdies, especially for players um, 
like Kelly Zhu and Angelina Ye, who haven't really been in the lineup much, um, to be able to show that, hey, like, if conditions are easy, like, I have this potential to hit it close and make putts. I think this was especially huge for Stanford just to show that we can go shoot 50 under par and win in record-breaking fashion. We're not done yet. Who cares if we don't have Rachel Heck? Who cares if we don't have Brooks say, like, we're going to go kick your butt anyways? And they did just that. And I thought it was interesting uh, listening to what uh, what Coach Walker said yesterday. And, and she I'm going to steal a word from her. It, it's Watching Rose is mesmerizing. That, that's that's the term she used and she just seems to I mean always pull away at the end I mean she shot 65 yesterday seven under birdie five of her last six holes I mean she just cruises along like gets it around doesn't make mistakes and then boom she just goes in for the kill shot and uh I mean she is uh I mean it, it's she's better it's, than ever she's better than everyone else I'll if, say it, no disrespect. She has a different gear, a different level, regardless of the of the moment, the situation. Um, it's Lorena-like. Yeah, she, she has two different comparisons over the next Three different yeah. years. I mean, it's insane. And, and if this is it for her, um, you know, next week, if, if this is it for her, I mean, heck. I mean, this is – we're going to look back in 10, 20 years, Perko, when you're in your rocking chair, you know, eating uh, oatmeal. <laughs> you're going to be like, man, that was, uh, you know, best, best time and, or, you know, best individual performance for two years in women's college golf history. Yeah. Kentucky came up just short, made a valiant run on that final day. Tiffany lay, you see Riverside as the individual let's we'll, we'll talk about it more, but if Rose wins and it's eight for 10, like Lorena, we had Lance Ringler on a couple of weeks ago. I mean, no one, I don't think we'll ever top the head-to-head record of Lorena losing to only two people. What do you say? It was like 99.4%. I think about yeah. it from a free throw shooting standpoint. You miss one out of every hundred and you don't even miss that. Uh, but if Rose goes eight of 10, wins the two Lorena didn't win. And I can argue those are the most important or at least two of the most three important man, I, because to your point, we're 20 years removed from Lorena when I was a young buck and thinking I've never seen anything like it. And I'm not sure we will. Well, we are, and it will be great debate, great fodder moving forward. Um, Greyhawk can't get here uh, soon enough. Quick pivot as we wind down PGA tour, you some changes, give us the uh, cliff notes, uh, summary of, of some of the adjustments being made. Yeah, so last fall, the week of the Eastlake Cup, we heard that the PGA Tour through PGA Tour University was going to extend PGA Tour status um, for the remaining you know, summer, you know, that remaining season to the number one finisher in PGA Tour U beginning this year. So as of now, it would seem that Texas Tech's Ludwig Aberg is going to finish number one. Now, we have to talk to Chris Richards. We got to crunch the numbers, but I'm thinking that it, barring disaster, that he's going to be that number one player. So now the PGA tour announces on Monday that the number one player is not only going to going to get a PGA tour card for the rest of this season, but also the entire 2024 season as well. Also that. And so they're basically going to get a season and a half 
of PGA Tour status. They're not going to have to go to Q school because they can't better their status. They're going to play out of the same category as the points uh, winners on the DP World Tour and the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so this is huge. I mean, this is just another step. It would not surprise me one bit if they continue taking steps. Maybe we see a couple PGA Tour cards down the road, maybe five PGA Tour cards at some point. They just need to make sure that they keep this young talent in the pipeline. And speaking of Aberg specifically, I mean, if he had to go through Q school corn Ferry tour for a year, and then he's stuck in the non-designated territory for a season or most of a season, he could be 25, 26, 27 before he starts playing like a legit elite schedule on, on tour. So this is important, especially if you're incentivizing guys to stay all four years um, to, to get them out and give them opportunities when they're 22, 23. I think that's huge. Um, PGA Tour accelerated those guys that satisfy that program. Same thing, one and a half seasons of PGA Tour status. And then two through five are now going to be able to accept unlimited sponsor exemptions on the PGA Tour for the, re the remainder of that first season and the following season as well. So those are the three big things. One other ancil ancillary thing, which is probably going to um, kind of play a factor, especially when we start talking about these men's regionals here in a couple moments, but there is no more regional requirement for seniors in their final year of PGA Tour University. Before you had to start regionals, you could get subbed out, but you had to start regionals if you were eligible in order to stay in the ranking. Now that's not the case. They got rid of it. And if you don't play, you essentially get one divisor and you get three points, which is the equivalent of what last place points normally are um, for an NCAA regional. So I think that's huge. I think that takes pressure off these coaches who may feel, and we look at Texas and the way Travis Vick is playing right now. I mean, we don't know if he's in the lineup or not, um, but I mean, John Fields, if this rule was still in place, I mean, Travis Fick has to start, even though he's not played well. So um, this takes the pressure off the coaches. I, I think it's a good rule, and I, I think it's good that they are still penalizing guys because it, it, it wouldn't be fair uh, to just say, oh, you don't have to play because then you could get a situation where a guy potentially sits out to protect the points. So um, all in all, I mean, PJ Toru continues to adjust on the fly, and they continue to make smart decisions. I like the moves, big picture. I don't like the rules changing during the middle of a season. That's fair. That's really fair, yeah. You know, we could go on for that, uh, you know, re reinvent the wheel after NCAs. And so this is what we're going to fine-tune. All right, we've got a few minutes left. We're going to whip through men's regionals, who we think is going to win, what top seed might be in trouble in the flyer. I'll start in Auburn. Vandy wins. Colorado State, good team going to the Southeast as a four seed, maybe in trouble. Uh, and boy, would it be great to see Chattanooga make it to Greyhawk. Yeah, Hart says Chattanooga. Head might say TCU just because of just the, you know, maybe different kind of emotion being Coach Monagle's last season. Um, I think TCU might have the players to to do it. I agree with you on Colorado State. Great fall. Have kind of lost a little bit of steam um, this spring. 
And then Vandy wins. I mean, even though Auburn's on their home golf course, this is a team that's built for this time of year. Vandy wins by 10. South Carolina in the upstate hosted by Clemson. Uh, I'm going to say North Carolina bounces back. Close one against Georgia Tech. San Diego State as a four seed, maybe on alert. And I can't stray from it. Clemson as a nine seed being close to home after an indifferent season will get the last spot. Yeah, not quite a campus course, right? Not quite 100% home course advantage, but I like Arkansas. Um, I know that's kind of a an easy way out, but this is a senior team. They're ready. Julian Perico just got through U.S. Open locals, medaled there. So um, they have a little bit of momentum. North Carolina I really like. Also breaking news, Dylan Minetti coming back for fifth season. That's huge for the Tar Heels. And then uh, I'll go A&M. You know, Sam Bennett has not had an insanely great season. Um and I think there's a lot of potential maybe for, you know, some guys to maybe falter a little bit, especially playing a little bit further away from home. Bath, Michigan, hosted by Michigan State. Again, maybe not the true home course advantage. Uh, I think Illinois continues to roll. I'll put Texas as a three seed on high alert. Again, a lot of question marks in my mind. And... Boy, Michigan State is a 10 seed. What the heck? When they're <laughs> close to East Lansing. I'm staying true to that. Uh, I think they'll need to play extremely well, though. Watch out for Little Rock. This is a this is a very good program, well-coached, good talent. They've made the NCAA championship recently as well. Watch out for them as a nine seed. Uh, Illinois is going to win. I think Tommy Cool also with calling the DQ on himself for fixing the aeration marks in U.S. Open locals earlier this week. Uh, the golf gods repay him. He finishes first individually in Texas. Don't be surprised if there's four freshmen in the lineup for head coach John Fields next week. And when you have four freshmen in the lineup, it could go really great or it could go really bad. So they're on a little bit of upset alert. Out to Vegas, I'm going to say Stanford continues to play well. Takes top honors in a close one. Oklahoma State is a four seed. Need to see something out of the Cowboys maybe uh, concerning there. And I'll just go down to the sixth seed, East Tennessee State. The Bucks have had a really good year. I think they find their way to Greyhawk. Long Beach State and Gilligan, watch out for them. I think Northwestern on a little bit of upset alert as the five seed. And I think Stanford actually upsets ASU and wins this regional. Norman, Oklahoma, hosted by the Sooners. Uh, they will cruise to victory at home. Wake Forest is a five seed. It's been a little bit of everything from them. Let's see if they can continue to trend. And why not? Colorado is a nine seed. Let's think outside the box, starting to show some signs of, whoa, maybe we've overlooked this team. Uh, maybe the Buffs find a way to get in. Yeah, I think if there's one high seed, maybe it's Colorado that does it. I think it's going to be all chalk, though, in this regional. Watch out for Alabama. I think they could either win this regional or they could finish sixth or seventh. Um, a lot of variance there, but no one's beaten OU. Uh, final one out in California. Pepperdine will win that regional. I'm going to throw Arizona. Be on alert. I've seen flashes of brilliance. I've seen indifferent performance as a four seed. I think they'll get through. 
but we don't need to see some of the bottom half results uh, from the Wildcats uh, outside looking in. How about Missouri? How about Missouri? Seven seed, big trip uh, out west. Maybe they find a way to, to get one of those last spots. Yeah, I think there's a chance we could see a lot of volatility here. BYU as the eight, Cal as the 10. Had a really great spring. Charlotte has a lot of players um, on, on this roster who have played U.S. amateurs, things like that. So um, watch out for Pepperdine. We saw it with the women last week, some one seeds that had to really sweat things out. I'm still not sold on this lineup one through five. Um, they're really good at the top, but a lot of question marks. Pepperdine could be in trouble, but I think they they managed to find a way. It's why we love this time of year. We'll, we will be back next week to recap the men. It really set the scene for the ladies at Greyhawk. Hope you'll join us as well. For Brentley and Burka, we'll see you next time right here on College Golf Talk.